0: We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. Uh, it still gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good
2: morning from not-so-sunny southern Minnesota. It's Matt Wilkham, along with Father Tim Buren. It's Real Presence Live to help you kick off your week here. We're coming to you from the Church of St. Charles Borromeo in St. Charles, Minnesota. Wonderfully named. I love when we have, when it just all lines up like that, especially when it comes to a saint. And again, you're listening to Real Presence Live just past the top of the hour. Again, Father, I'm not Father Tim Beer and I'm Matt Wilcombe who works for the uh, Winona Rochester Diocese. I'm the communications director. Help out RPR with co-hosting Real Presence Live once in a while. It's been about a month. I think the last time Father Barron and I was on the air
1: was with you. Oh well, there we go, and welcome back. It's great to be with you today, and great to be with all of the listeners. Uh, such a blessing to be able to bring uh, content that is so relevant to our lives today as Catholics and others that may be listening. Let's uh, let's begin the show as we always do with a prayer, shall we? Let us always remember that we are in the holy presence of God wherever we find ourselves at this moment And let us begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen Amen. God our Heavenly Father as we gather here wherever we are gathered we ask for your abundant blessings upon us We ask that you bless those who will be on the air with us today We ask you to surround them with your Holy Spirit and flame their hearts protect them keep them safe along with their families We ask for your abundant blessings upon our listeners, especially those that may have any concerns at this time, that you will alleviate their cares, worries, and concerns. And ultimately, may everything we do for these next two hours be for your glory and honor as we make our prayer always through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank
2: you, Father Tim Buren. Wonderful job as always, and uh, as I mentioned, uh, it's been about a month since I've been on the air on Real Presence Live. I've been doing the kind of the, the slow move. Our family is moving from one location to another, which is usually how it goes, right? You, you, when you move, it's from one location to another, and it's about a half an hour away. It's along the Mississippi, same same area, but there's basically only one way to get there. And so i had been dreading this for a while, Father Beren, having to... Uh, to ride my Vespa down a four-lane highway with other vehicles screaming past me. But uh, this past Saturday, managed to get that done.
1: So a big relief. Well, congratulations on that. If you're you know riding your Vespa with a busy road, if you close your eyes for one second, just pretend you're in Rome. Okay,
2: that's right. That's a good, that's a good way to think about it. I studied in Rome for a little while, so that's, that's a great, great idea. Now, uh, let's, uh, let's get to our first guest here, he is the president of Ignatius Press, and he's got a new Bible. He and the, uh, the press there, a note-taking Bible to help you in your spiritual journey. It's Mark Brumley on the line on Real Presence Live. Welcome to the show, Mark.
0: Good. Well, Good morning to you. Well, good
2: morning to you. And tell us a little bit first about, about your work at Ignatius Press.
0: Well, we try to publish... Uh Books we think will be of interest to our Catholic readers and and of interest to our non-Catholic readers as well. But we're primarily focused on uh, obviously helping to communicate the truths of the Catholic faith through the books that we publish.
2: Well, what place does uh, Scripture, the Holy Scriptures, hold in the life of the Catholic Church, Mark? I mean, we know we know it's pretty prominent. We talk about the Catechism as the and the Bible as as real staples. Uh, is is Catholic uh, is, is is the Catechism more important, or is it equal, or is it less important? What where does it where does Scripture stand in relation to that?
0: Well, Scripture is the divinely inspired Word of God. But we encounter the Word of God in lots of ways and lots of forms, including authoritative uh, interpretations of the Word of God in things like the Catechism of the Catholic Church or uh, official teachings of the Catholic Church. Those are ways in which the Word of God is interpreted in a normative way, that is to say, a standard way for for everyone in uh, in the Church. But Scripture isn't simply an interpretation, not even an authoritative interpretation of the Word of God. It actually is the Word of God in divinely inspired written form, uh, because the Holy Spirit guided the authors of sacred Scripture, so they wrote what God wanted them to write. So that gives Scripture a foundational status that no other documents have, whether you're talking about a catechism or even, you know, dogmatic formulations of councils. Those things, dogmatic formulations of Church councils or, or, or uh, dogmatic definitions by the Pope are protected from the, by the Holy Spirit so that they don't teach what's false or teach as true what's false or teach as false what's true. But they're not regarded by the Church as divinely inspired the way Scripture is. So, Scripture is unique in that way.
1: Certainly, we as pastors encourage our parishioners, not only as we listen to the Word of God at Mass, that we take the Scripture back into our homes, whether we... Uh, regurgitate what we have just listened to or prayed through, but also to open up sacred scripture and go even deeper. So what are some good ways that you can share with us that we can bring the scriptures into our daily lives? I mean, for many of us, it may seem like a given, but uh, to many of our listeners, they're looking for these ideas. What can you share with us?
0: Well, I think it's it's good if possible. And I know not everybody can do this, but where it's possible, it's good to have your Bible available so that you read it before you go to Sunday Mass You meditate on the readings of of Mass uh, before you go. That's a really basic thing you can do. Another thing to do is apply that not just to Sunday Mass, but to daily Mass, Uh, doing the readings before you go to Mass, uh, read them over, think about them. And one of the nice things that we have about with our journaling Bible and note taking Bible is that you, as you're doing that, as you're reading things over, you can jot down notes or when you come back from Mass, uh, you had the homily and you may have a thought or two on the readings that you, uh, just heard proclaimed at Mass. You can jot those, jot down your thoughts on that and then revisit them. So those are, those are really simple things that we do and I try to go over the, Uh, daily readings uh, myself before mass of course now in this age of coronavirus and and the like it's not always easy to get to daily mass and of course some people their jobs don't allow them to do that anyway so you can participate you know uh, in a limited way uh, but nevertheless an important real way by going over the daily readings
2: that's, a, that's, a great, uh, that's great advice. Mark Brumley, president of Ignatius Press, joining us this morning on Real Presence Live, about eight minutes past the hour right now. Uh, Mark, you talked about the scriptures being divinely inspired. And along with that, we as Catholics talk about, and other Christians uh, talk about the Bible being inerrant, the inerrancy of scripture. Uh, what, what does that, that mean, Mark? What, 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 what makes that term uh, something that we that we insist upon, especially as Catholics?
0: Well, inerrancy comes about as a, as a function of intel, inspiration. So because the Bible is inspired, because God is ultimately the author behind Scripture. Now, use the human authors. Uh, they, they certainly wrote freely, but they wrote under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So since God is the ultimate author of Scripture, and God cannot affirm as true what's false, God cannot affirm as false what's true, in inspiring the sacred authors to write, he made sure that they communicated the truth that he wanted them to communicate. So that, the term inerrancy, refers to the quality that Scripture has in having been safeguarded in the truth by the Holy Spirit, notwithstanding the fact that we have human beings engaging in the writing of Scripture. And also,
2: mark the the fact that uh, the church has the authority to interpret the scriptures. What what is implied by that very fact? I mean, I'm talking about historically how the Bible came to to be, how we know what what books constitute sacred scripture.
0: Well, I'll make two points that are very closely related on, on this scripture. The fact that the, the church has authority to interpret the scripture for the community, for all the members of the church, church leadership has that authority to do that, points to the fact that the scripture is not intended to be something that an individual or some segment of the church has a claim to over against the rest of us, but God inspired sacred scripture for the purposes of instructing. The whole of the church, and therefore it pertains to the responsibility of the authorities, teaching authority of the church, to make sure that Scripture is properly understood, that it's not used in a way that's at odds with God's purpose in guiding the church, so the church can abide in God's word that God has, what God has revealed. Uh, it, the fact of the matter is that the Scripture comes to us as part of our tradition. What is passed on from the earlier ages of the Church, and that the the authoritative leaders of the Church, that is to say the bishops of the Church, had responsibility to make sure the authentic written Word of God is distinguished from other writings uh, that may have been helpful in the early Church, but were not regarded as divinely inspired, or in some cases writings that were not helpful, that were actually contrary to the faith. And so it was the authoritative leaders, the bishops of the Church, who in the process of discernment over the years declared certain writings to be divinely inspired based upon how the Church had used those writings in in divine worship and in instruction of the faithful and so on. The Church's authority declared those things to be divinely inspired and then other things not to be that. And we call that list of authoritative, divinely inspired books the canon of the Bible, canon of Scripture, canon meaning a measure or a standard. And Mark, also, t-
2: can you speak a little bit about the importance of translation? I mean, we've got so many Bible translations out there, countless translations. We've got s- quite a few Catholic translations to pick from as as well. And it seems like uh, you at, at Ignatius Press tend to gravitate toward uh, you know one, maybe two. Uh, but, but, but certainly one particular translation. Maybe Tell us a little bit about why that is, and why. speak to the importance of, of picking the right translation when you're choosing a Bible.
0: Well, it's good. It's good to remember that the Bible, uh, you know, the various books, because we talk talked about the Bible as if it were a single book, and there's a certain sense in which it is. Obviously, God is the author of it, the divinely inspired written word of God, but he used a variety of human authors in a variety of contexts, times, and places, with different interests, concerns, different styles, what we call a genre of writing, so on. So all of these things go in to make up the book that is the Bible that's actually many books. Um, But the books of the Bible were not originally written in English. (laughs) They were written for the most part. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. For the most part, uh, the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, is written in Hebrew. A little bit of Aramaic there originally, and then some some of the Old Testament books were uh, written in um, in Greek, but for the most part, the vast majority of the Old Testament uh, was written in Hebrew, and all the New Testament is written in Greek. And so, uh, in order for us to understand them, if we don't read Hebrew, or we don't read Greek, in order for us to understand those books, we have to have them translated. Uh, and they've been translated in various ways over the centuries. And, of course whenever you're translating something that was originally in another language, you have to have certain principles that guide your translation. Sometimes a word can go, be translated in another language in many different ways. And so the, the Catholic Church, the Church is careful about translation because the Church has a certain responsibility to make sure the Word of God is accurately presented, accurately translated. So that's the business of translation, uh, the there are a number of translations that Catholics read today. Probably the, the one that's the most common is the New American Bible, which is what they hear at Mass. It's the translation into which uh, the Mass readings uh, are translated. And um, But there are other translations. And the, the ver- version we use at Ignatius Press is the Revised Standard Version, Second Catholic Edition. We also use the revised version Catholic edition. Um, we like this translation. We think it does a good job of straddling, of going right down the middle between being too contemporary and too much like a paraphrase, and at the other extreme being too old-fashioned so that people have a hard time following it. So it, it from our perspective, it, it manages to hit that, what we regard as the sweet spot. We also um, help uh, distribute uh, the English Standard Version, which is uh, also uh, has a Catholic edition uh, that our friends at the Augustine Institute uh, publish. So both of those are translations that we favor. But well, we we're, we have our own version of the Revised Standard Version, which is the Revised Standard Version the Second Catholic Edition uh, that we find most useful.
1: Well, folks, we have to take a little bit of a break, but on the other side of the break, we're going to talk more with Mark Brumley about how you can dive into sacred scripture. Uh, I'm Father Tim Bieren, along with Matt Wilkham. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
3: The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Mount Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain
0: a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by
3: love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible, and we hope the future brings you here, close to home at mountmarty.edu. In today's world, we are enslaved to addiction. I'm Father Chris Alar. Alcoholism, pornography, and drug abuse have become the master of millions of lives, maybe even your own. Addiction has led to countless deaths by overdose and suicide. So what can be done about it? Victims often explain they are searching to escape the troubles of this world, or they are trying to find a form of ecstasy. Unfortunately, these enslavers provide neither. The experience is only pseudo, a fleeting imitation of an authentic spiritual experience. There's only one true spiritual experience that can provide fulfillment, and when you find it, you will find hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help.
2: It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small-town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org.
1: This is Real Presence Live, where the devil is dumb. Christ is King, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice. It's Real
2: Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham. Father Tim Buren is here with me. Graciously has allowed us to broadcast the show from his parish here, St. Charles Borromeo in St. Charles, Minnesota. And we're speaking this morning with Mark Brumley, who's the president of Ignatius Press, and we're talking scripture. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Yeah, well, happy to be back. And uh, you have a new Ignatius note-taking Bible that we want to talk about. Tell us about uh, the the inception of this idea, how this came
0: about. Well, uh, two things. First, my own interest uh, in in scripture uh, helped motivate us to do this, isn't that for many years, uh, you know, I came back. I come from an evangelical Protestant background, I'm a convert, and I love reading the Bible, I love taking notes and annotating my Bible and cross-references and all that sort of thing, and so I'm sort of sensitive to this. I noticed a number of years ago, uh, a number of Protestant editions of the Bible came out that had wide margins for lots of note-taking space. And so uh, as that became more popular, we at Ignatius Press were getting people saying, Hey, you know, I'd like to have a note-taking Bible, or a journaling Bible, like I see my Protestant friends have. And so there was a great coming together of our interest and, and the readership's desire. Uh, so that's how we came to create this note-taking Bible.
2: I have to say, I, I, I am very attracted to this idea I've got one of your Ignatius uh, New Testaments, and it's the big version, so I can I can write in the margins. But at, at a certain point, the margins they they get filled up very easily. Uh, but then also, I think it's important to have space to journal as far as your own spiritual what 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 God you you feel might he might be speaking to you when you are reading a certain passage, so that when you go back to that passage, you could be reminded of that again. Uh, you know, how, how important is having something like that in the spiritual life, Do not just note-taking, but, but journaling as you pray the Scriptures?
0: Interesting. Uh, very good question. Uh, of course, we found, and I don't know if this applies to your listenership, but we found that many uh, men prefer to take notes, and women prefer to journal, <laughs> now, I don't know what that really means because we're publishing in January, we're publishing Cardinal uh, Pell's prison journal. We're not card- publishing Cardinal Pell's prison note taking, we're publishing his prison journal. But anyway, be that as it may, <laughs> um, it, it, there is a distinction between just simply taking notes, which may be in trying to understand a text or cross reference and so on. Or study when you study something in detail, you hear from you hear from something a homily or whatever you write that down. And journaling, and journaling is usually regarded as including uh, a more reflective function. So I might take notes on, say, the Sunday readings that we just had and find that you know fruitful, and go into some of the biblical background or some thoughts that maybe the priest uh, or the deacon gave during the homily. Uh, and I put those down in my notes. But there's also the uh, benefit of putting down what does this biblical text mean for me, either more generally in my life or specifically in the situation I find myself in today. What does this mean for me? What is God saying to me through this passage of Scripture in a concrete, particular circumstances of my life? And so having a Section of your Bible where you can jot down those thoughts or comments or observations, reflections can be very helpful, especially if you go back later on, you read them, you see, oh, this is what I was learning at this point in my spiritual life, or this is an insight that God gave me upon reflection that I don't want to lose sight of.
1: What's beautiful about that example is when we find ourselves wanting to maybe go back to that moment in time where we had that reflection, we wrote that down, that repetition prayer comes back and we can go back to that exact moment and, and maybe even re-listen in our hearts to what we had heard proclaimed or what we had read ourselves and then to read those notes. It certainly is a, a great benefit to anybody to be able to reflect on where they were maybe a year ago when they wrote this down or or whatever it may be and and it is uh, certainly a, a beautiful uh, way to illustrate that Spiritual life for a person. I've noticed more and more, and I think this is because of COVID, uh, that my parishioners are bringing their Bibles to Mass because sadly mm-hmm. we cannot uh, provide uh, the missalettes or whatever in the pews, and and so this is a perfect time really to introduce this uh, to those parishioners that unfortunately for whatever reason are not allowed to um, have um, something in the pew, but this is something they can they can take, and I think if I if I understand correctly, this even comes with the clasp that you can shut it, and you know. It's simple to right. carry, and
0: that's right. We got a little uh, elastic band that you can use to, uh, you know, mark off where you left off reading, uh, and it's it's a nice carrying size. We went. We get a lot of input from different people uh, on the size, and so at least this this first version of it, of it is uh, you know pretty handy carrying size. Now, we might come out with a more scholarly size version later on. We'll have to see, but that's the thinking
1: at present. We do have a few minutes left, Mark, um, but we certainly want to make sure that we get in for our listeners where they can find this Bible, the information. um, How do they find it? What's the best place and location to go to get this Bible?
0: Well, the best place to go is your local Catholic bookstore. (laughs) And I'm hoping that the Catholic bookstores across the country are able to revive and re-emerge, uh, notwithstanding the challenges of, you know, COVID-19, that's always the best place to go. But if you don't have a Catholic bookstore, if your Catholic bookstore is not open yet, you, know, you can always go online. People can go to our website, which is Ignatius.com, Ignatius.com, and they can get it there. Or they can get, uh, uh, get the Bible uh, and other online uh, bookstores and services.
2: And the official name of, the, of this Bible is Ignatius Note-Taking and Journaling Bible, is that right?
0: That is correct.
2: Yes, and uh, I'm just looking for the pictures here online at Ignatius.com. Beautiful layout, wonderful quality here, and plenty of space to take notes and do a little journaling as well. Um, we do have just a couple of minutes left from here, Mark Brumley. Is there anything else that's going on at Ignatius Press these days that you'd like to highlight for the listeners?
0: Well, I did mention that we were, were coming out with uh, Cardinal Pell's Prison Journal uh, in January, and it's available right now in a, in a weekly subscription. So, people who want to subscribe to it, they get an installment of uh, the journal in a digital format in their emails, uh, so that's available now. People can get that by going to Ignatius.com and typing in Pell Prison Journal, um, but the Print edition of the book will be out in January, and it's really an amazing story. I mean, you know, the whole terrible situation with Cardinal Pell being wrongly accused and and tried and imprisoned for 13 months uh, for sexual abuse, and found uh, declared basically declared innocent by the Australian Supreme Court, but the journal recounts his time. There and his own spiritual struggles, the consolation he received from the Holy Spirit while he's in prison, and some of the observations on prison life, and uh, even his thoughts on uh, the, some of the Protestant televangelists he watched while he was in in prison. <laughs> uh, it's really a remarkable, remarkable story. Uh, a lot of spiritual insights and. Encouragement. So I, I really highly recommend people keep an eye out for uh, Cardinal Pell's prison
2: journal. That's great. And I know a lot of folks were praying for Cardinal Pell during his incarceration, his wrongful imprisonment there, as he was appealing his case time after time and finally getting some reasonable judges to f- figure out finally that, yes, this this was an unjust uh, situation where he was he was locked away in solitary confinement from much of it from, from, from what I understand, but just the, the spiritual insights that that can come from being in a crucible like that and having the opportunity to to suffer for others for the church um, it reminds me it, it reminded me at that time of the early church when people were literally locked up for the faith, and this definitely seemed like that was the ulterior motive in his case and To have access to his in-prison journal now, Cardinal Pell, uh, to have those insights, Uh, I think it will be just a fascinating thing. So yeah, Ignatius.com to pre-order that, and uh, Mark Brumley, the the president of Ignatius Press, we've been talking also about the Ignatius note-taking and journaling Bible, a wonderful way to enrich your spiritual life, both of those products. So thank you again, Mark Brumley, for joining us. Uh, Ignatius Press, uh, Ignatius.com is the website. Thanks
1: again, Mark.
0: Well, thank you, Father, and thank you, Matt. Keep up the good work. We'll be praying for your apostolic service. Thank,
1: thank you. God bless you.
2: Up next, can philosophy fit into our daily lives? Find out in our next conversation with Father McTagg on Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilcom, along with Father Tim Buren, we're from the, we're coming to you from the Church of St. Charles Borromeo in St. Charles, Minnesota. Don't miss this next interview. God
1: bless, and we will Live, engaging. continue. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.